Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. Our phone number is 780-6868. I would encourage you to phone tonight if you have any questions. We're having just a few issues with our texting mechanism. Uh, It still works to a degree, but it's a lot easier, especially for me, if you phone at 780-6868. If you have any questions for Michael Shea, we don't have a game to talk about tonight because the Bombers are coming off their bye week. Uh, Coach O'Shea, how was the bye week? I think it was... uh... Pretty well received by the players and the coaches. <laughs> I think they deserved a rest, and everybody was pretty excited to be back around the facility today. I thought there was uh, a real good buzz, good energy. I've asked you this before. If you can totally get away from the game for even two or three days in the middle, and that's a two-third point of a season, can, can you shut it off? Can you shut it off completely for two or three days? Uh, it's hard nowadays with with these phones you have that there's always an email <laughs> or a text coming in, and and I don't know that as a head coach you you should shut it off. If you got sixty players or sixty year odd players that have scattered around North America, you know that you need to be able to get in. They need to be able to get in touch with you if they yeah. need you. So yeah, um, but uh, you know, easy interesting. Not just the bye week, but even two hours during the week sometimes of doing something different feels like a week's vacation sometimes. Sure. And when I asked you that question, it was more of you being able to turn your mind off of football because I know coaches are, they're locked in in a way that I don't think most people can understand. And you're always thinking about the upcoming game and what you might do and what you didn't do before and all the rest of it. Can you can you shut that train of thought off for a few days? Yeah, if you stay busy doing something. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if you're just going to go lay by a pool or lay by a beach, or lay on a beach or something like that, I just think you, you just start thinking of things, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to shut it off. But if you stay busy doing something, yeah, you can you can get out of football for a little bit. Did you spend any time, Mike O'Shea, looking back over the first 12 games you've played and, and sort of assessing that and putting it in your compartments of your mind about what did and didn't happen? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Every coach does, right? There's Each coordinator's got projects they're looking at and, and stats and data that they want to pour through and see where we're at, what we're good with what we're good at, what we need to chop, what we need to add. You know, those things are all part of the process. And I'd say that every coach has something they want to see. What conclusions did you come to about your team through 12 games? We got a tough opponent coming up. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to look back. You're looking ahead, right? Yeah, looking back's over. It was over with today, so. Okay. Uh, well, at the end of the year, we can look back, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but not right that. now. <laughs> no. Well, you do have a tough opponent. I, I'm sure you were highly focused on the two games on Saturday where perhaps you were hoping for a little bit of help from Hamilton and Montreal, and boy, you nearly got it, didn't you? Yeah, I said to our guys today, you can't rely on anybody, you know, but but ourselves. Um, yeah, it would have been nice if, if the East had won those two games, uh, Hamilton and Montreal, um, 
but you can't count on it. You can't ever count on it. You only want to count on yourselves and the guys in the room and the guys that you take the field with. Those were great games, though, I thought. Outstanding right down to the to the final whistle, just the kind of games that I think we who like the CFL love to watch. Yeah, good good games, good for the fans, and I think there's, you know, from a coaching standpoint, there's always good things to learn from those games. You can't count on help from others, but it'd be nice if you get it every now and then, eh? Wouldn't it be? Sure, nice, yeah. but... Do you, do you like... What? When the field goal was blocked by Arrelau, do you jump <laughs> off the couch and go get out of here? Uh, you know, I you've come to expect the unexpected in the CFL. Yeah, that's why it's a fantastic game. Yeah, I just like the I like to see good football, right? And so you go into a game, you put a game on, and you're obviously cheering for somebody yeah. um, that's going to maybe help your cause. But in the end, you just find yourself cheering for good football. And on one side, you know, the kick wasn't made. But on the other side, what a fantastic job of going out there and changing the outcome of the game and just believing that you're going to do it. That's Trey Roberson. Believing you're going to block that kick. Yeah. yeah. That's what it starts with. He took. He went out there saying, I'm going to do this. Uh-huh. And... Um, it happened, so that's. I think that's just tremendous, right there. Did Hiralahu get enough height on that kick? Yeah, I, hard to say. It got blocked so quickly. Yeah, here's an interesting question on on text, and I want to start with this uh, only because I just looked at it, and it, it is interesting. The Jets gave Dustin Bufflin time off for personal reasons. Let's say one of your key players or one of any of your players asked for the same thing going into the playoffs. Would you ask him to put the team first and stay or support family or take care of yourself no matter what? How would you deal with that? That's a good question. How would you deal with that? I guess you'd have to know the circumstances. Yeah, there's always a circumstance involved. Yeah. And and I would say that if it's that important um, that the, the player comes to me to ask, um, then... It's probably so important that it's going to be tough for them to focus on on their job, mm. also. So uh, I take those things extremely seriously, and uh, I would say I side with the player mostly. You know, just because it, it, it they understand what they're doing to the team, so it's got to be something that's that's pretty important to them. So if it's important to them, it's got to be important to me. Sure, he cites before the start of a playoff game. That's a pretty unusual scenario. I can't remember ever in the CFL a player being excused from a playoff game because he had asked for personal time. Can you remember that? I can't remember. No. No, no I, I think most players would yeah. be able to try and figure something out Right. those things. Okay, here's another one from Michael, and then we're going to break and go, ahead, go to the phone calls. Are there still only two quarterbacks listed on your depth chart? If so... Who would go in at quarterback if, for some reason, both Strevler and McGuire couldn't play? Best wishes in Montreal. Oh. Uh, off the top of my head, I think a guy like Darwin Adams could, could run an offense for you. Will you put that third quarterback on? Uh, you do have a third quarterback around. Yeah, I think we're we're good with what we are got right now. Okay. 780-6868. We're going to come back and take your phone calls for 
Mike O'Shea, The Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And welcome back. Let's go to the phone calls. And again, uh, we will take your texts, but they're a little bit slow coming in because of some technical issues here at 780-6868. So you're better off if you phone Ron. Thanks for being patient. You're on with Michael Shea. Go ahead. Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, Coach and Bob, I love you guys. Listen to you every Monday. Um, I just uh, wanted to uh, ask, uh, okay, so... Andrew Harris has been talked about as an MOP and, and, and before this unfortunate incident with the supplement and so on. And, and there was a poll taken by a CFL insider who said, said that he polled 28 uh, media members and 17 said no to the MOP for Harris since the, the, the testing and 11 said yes. Um, there was another another uh, a player on on the bombers uh, on the defensive side, Willie Jefferson, who's also been talked about MOP. I don't believe the the like I I still believe what what Andrew told us is true. I uh, I believe in you guys, and I believe that that this is a stand up guy, and I don't believe he would do anything like that. So I kind of find it a little uh, troubling that these media members, or you know, put like. He's never tested positive ever before, and he's been tested numerous times. I just find it a little uh, disappointing. And I wish you luck against Montreal. I know you guys are um, – uh, I, I, this is going to be a tough game. Montreal looks like a good team. I, I believe you guys can do it. You guys are looking really good. Harris is going to come uh, out with uh, a lot of uh, – you know, he's going to want to show everybody that he's the man, and, and I believe that he is. And. And uh, but uh, Willie Jefferson, I wanted your comments on that. Seeing the, what you think about the MOP uh, talk about him. Thanks for taking my call. You guys have a great night. Good luck against Montreal. Okay, Ron. Thanks. Yeah, I don't put a lot of thought into the MOP, the individual award stuff. I know that Willie and Andrew's first priority is to is to help us win games and keep winning games and. Uh, take whatever that brings, you know, at the end of the season by them playing well, but uh, winning is is first on everyone's mind. So I think uh, Willie has a little fun with it in terms of going back and forth with uh, Charleston Hughes, but um, Willie's play certainly speaks for itself. He is he is a dynamic playmaker, um, and for such a, a guy with such size. Um, for him to be that athletic and make those types of plays, he is he is something else. Um, you know, he he certainly is. And then you add in the, some of the guys around him too that are just exceptional players. You know, Winston Rose and Marcus Sales and Adam Big Hill. Uh, you know, there's and there's guys that don't get talked about that are that really are just because they don't have stats, they make plays all the time, and it's. The other players that collect stats too, but we we are we've got a lot of very very talented players uh, in all three phases, and I think once again I think they're 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 all pretty well aligned in what they want to accomplish, and I th- I think that they've you know they've dropped those personal goals um, down the list in terms of how they rank compared to winning. There is though a tremendous amount of interest among the fans about these awards. Mm -hmm. Um, When you hear, 
and the media do pick, the football reporters of Canada pick the outstanding players uh, on each team and then at a league and, and division level. When you hear that 17 out of 28 voters are discounting Andrew Harris because of the incident, does that bother you at all? I don't put a lot of thought into it. I, I, you know, I don't think you're going to like these answers, Bob. But I, I don't know that some of them even really pay attention or know. You know, they they have an opinion, and I think this this would be an easy way for them to an easy out. You know, I think um, I would come to the defense of the voters. I think most of them. Pay yeah. pretty close attention because it's the only the guys who are chosen to vote are the ones who are around the team most of the time. And I will say this: this is your show, not mine. What happened with Andrew Harris won't impact me one bit on whether yeah. I vote for him or don't. He's paid his he's paid his penalty, uh, and if he goes on to have a great season, I'm going to vote for him as the most outstanding player. I just think well, what happened has happened. You're and, one of the smart ones. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but that's just my feeling. And maybe it's because I'm here in Winnipeg and I, you know, I'm a little closer to it than some other guys are. Uh, I don't want to be self-righteous about anything. I just think the guy's had a great year, and if he continues to, I will say, though, we'll, us in Winnipeg will be in a bit of a dilemma on your most outstanding player, whether it's Harris or Willie Jefferson, because Willie's been so good. Yeah, they're they're both extremely talented and have both... Um, led us to to having good results. They're 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 impactful players, um, absolutely impactful players. So, once again, I I really don't put any thought or stock into that. It's it's really about what the team can accomplish. And I know that, by the way, you've said that before, Kelly. You're on the coach show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Kelly. All right, I have a quick comment and a question. I just wanted to ask. Um, are you familiar with the Rocket Ishmael Grey Cup curse? Uh, I'm familiar <laughs> with Rocket Ishmael. I'm familiar with the beer can that sailed by his head when he returned a punt return for a touchdown. I think it was in, where was that game? That was in Winnipeg, oh. 91. Yeah, that's why the can was frozen when it hit the ground. <laughs> yes, and yeah. um, that's what I'm thinking is why Winnipeg hasn't won a Grey Cup since then, because we won the Grey Cup in ninety. And uh, my question was, um, are you a superstitious person? Uh, no, not really. No? No. So you don't think the Bombers are going to find a way to lose? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm not superstitious, but, you know, uh, <laughs> no, I don't I'm think just, so. I'm just uh, comparing this to past quarterbacks that have gotten hurt, like Dunnigan and Glenn. Uh, come on, man. I don't know what you're talking about. This is silly. No, well, all right, then. I guess that's all. All right, Kelly. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you'll find Mike is a pretty uh, down-to-earth guy and who doesn't, I would say, buy into curses and whatnot. We kid Brad Foddy sometimes, your equipment manager. You know, he was hired in 1990, <laughs> the last time Winnipeg won the Grey Cup, and we, we kid him and say that he's the curse, but there is no curse. It's fun for people to have sure. fun with. But Brad Foddy's going nowhere, by no. the way. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. The Coach Show is brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. And uh, I want to remind everybody that, of course, we'll have the Bomber game from Montreal on Saturday right here on CJOB, the pregame show at 1, the play-by-play at 3. And we have a sports doubleheader that day because the Winnipeg Ice of the Western Hockey League will play their home opener 
on Saturday night against the Brandon Wheat Kings at Wayne Fleming Arena. And Brad Hilton and Kelly Moore will have the broadcast of that game right after our post-game show from Montreal here on 680 CJOB. Let's take Gary here before we break for sports and news. Hello, Gary, you're on the air. Thank you, Bob. I was just curious about the injury situation for this week. Well, I'll tell you what, here's what we'll do. Uh, We have to break now for... uh, a news update, but when we come back, I'll get Mike to run down as best he can the injury scenario with all the guys that you're thinking about, and we'll see where that stands, okay? Okay, thank you, Bob. All right, Gary, thanks for the call. 780-68. By the way, by the way, Sunday is Bomber Fan Appreciation Day, 1-4 to four at IG Field. All kinds of stuff going on there, uh, free food and all s- sorts of activities for the kids. That's Fan Appreciation Day for the Bombers, Sunday, 1-4. to four. At IG Field. We'll be back with the Coaches Show with Michael Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. And it's brought to you in part again by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. Calvin, you're on the Coaches Show with Michael Shea. Go ahead, Calvin. Hi, Mike. How you doing, Calvin? Uh, I got a question for you. Now that uh, Harris is back, are we going to have uh, both Harris and our uh, guy that... Uh, Johnny Augustine? Um, Augustine, yeah. Is he going to be playing a little bit more than before? Once again, I'm always worried about these questions. I'm wondering if you're calling from Montreal here. What's going on? No, I'm <laughs> calling from Winnipeg here. No. I'm a diehard. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding fan. you. I'm pulling your leg. Um, <laughs> we, we'll see. Obviously, Johnny has has done quite well, and and uh, yeah, he just he earned something with with those two performances. I don't know what it trans how it translates into reps. We'll have to figure that out. Um, the reason why I ask is you said that he was uh, on the roster from week two. Yeah, I think. Yes, and if he's been on the roster, why hasn't he played so much? Well, because we have Andrew Harris. <laughs> and no, Andrew Harris is the, is the you know he's the best tailback in the league. He does yeah, he I does know. everything so well. So um, you know it's it's really hard to take a workhorse like Andrew Harris off for a play or two because you never know which play that's going to be that he's going to break for a big one, right? And he's so good in protection. He's so smart. He makes everybody right around him. Um, Those things are... Two Canadian tailbacks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, one of the main, main things that Johnny Augustine did that was so important for him was he went in there and was right. You know, being yep. being in the right place at the right time, um, mm-hmm. consistently, you know, it certainly wasn't without, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect and it wasn't without a few mistakes, but he did a great job of being right. And for a, a young player getting, you know, his his first real good opportunities, that's that's very important. So it was nice to see for Johnny. He, he certainly is such a good young man, too, that it was, everybody was cheering for him. Okay, Calvin. How old is he? Uh, 25 or 26? Yeah, about that, probably. Yeah. And Harris is what, 20, uh, 30, 32, 32 33? 
Andrew Harris is ageless. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Calvin, hey, appreciate the call. Thanks very much. So let's assume, can we assume, Coach O'Shea, that Andrew Harris is back in your lineup this weekend? I think that's pretty safe to assume. All right, let's go through some of the other, because Gary asked us about the injury situation beforehand. Nick mm-hmm. Dembski missed the last game? Uh, he was running around today, and I, th- I think he looks good. Lucky Whitehead? Running around today and looks good. On the defensive side, Jackson Jeffcoat, who's been out for, what, uh, five or six weeks now? Yeah, he's got another game on the sixth game. We'll see where that leaves him at the end of the week. Brandon Alexander? Um, yeah, still on the sixth game. Okay, and what about Pat Newfeld? Getting closer at all? Yeah, getting 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 closer for sure. Okay. Yeah. But not imminent. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. He's definitely a lot closer than he was before the bye week. You'd have to practice before he could play, though. Yeah, he's got to practice. Can he practice this week? Can he practice this could week? Could he practice this week? Y- yeah, technically he can practice this week. Yeah. Well, technically, but will he, do you think? Oh, I think he will, yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's one other guy. His name is Matt Nichols. What can you tell us about an update on him? Uh, I said it's it would be four to six range before we, we gave a real update, so we're not, we're not quite... We're at four right now, so... I think I'll say it's still between the four and six range of when I'll give an update. So you're not prepared to give an update? No, no, okay. no. I don't really have any new information. I know he's yeah. he's working hard and he's improving. So Okay. Tammy, you're on the coach show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Tammy. Hi, Bob. Hi, Mike. How you doing, Tammy? Good, thank you. I just wanted to say that watching that game against the Scots from the Bendable was watching the depth, just watching how good you guys played and the depth of the team is like it's so exciting. <laughs> I agree. It is very exciting. We've we've used a, a a large chunk of our roster. Guys have gotten some very valuable playing time, which is just it's terrific to see how well these guys have played in these situations and how well they've responded and 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 done well for their teammates by going in and knowing what to do and being able to execute at a high level. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. I mean, and just what the other caller was saying, Johnny Augustine. I I don't think anybody could have been cheering louder for him. I mean, that kid. I think he works really hard off the field too, and uh, I was really proud to see him do that. But Peterman too. I I think he needs to be tapped too. Yeah, Daniel Peterman. Yeah, both those guys. That nice touchdown in the uh, deep in the back uh, behind the uprights. For for Petey and uh, Johnny Augustine, that nice uh, pass I've hit him with for I think fifty odd yards uh, behind coverage, and he stretched out and, yeah. and and hit the top of the cone, which was an excellent <laughs> effort. So yeah, both those guys, but there's a whole bunch more that have just done well. Rasheed Bailey came in and did a nice job for us. Was very yeah. physical in his blocking, and yeah. um, you know created a couple first downs with some some very smart headsy running, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, it's a credit to the players for sure. And, and what sort of doesn't get said enough by me is the coaches having them prepared. The players have right. to want to do it and, and they all do. They wouldn't be around if they didn't want to do it and if they didn't have the ability to physically execute it. But, uh, the desire to put in the, the time, the extra time it takes to learn everything is very important. And the patience, the coaches show and the information, um, the coaches give the players and, and the extra time they give them, spend with the players to make sure they're ready is, uh, it would go unnoticed. Um, and then, you know, 
I got to do a better job of making sure I, I thank the coaches for getting those guys ready. Okay, Tammy. Okay, and uh, shout out to Sales. Nobody gives them enough credit. You guys do, but I mean fan-wise. To who? Oh, Marcus, Marcus Sales. Sales. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm okay if he's awesome. flying under the radar. Yeah. All yeah. right, Tammy. Well, we talk about him all the time on our broadcasts yeah. and our pregame shows. He's a he's, he's excellent. A His closing speed just absolutely blows me away sometimes. Yeah, he's excellent. Yeah. He he made a there was a play that he stepped into a gap on a run and then moved around the basically the entire line to his responsibility, but that one step triggered a move by the tackle, which then set Craig Rowe free. And it was just a, a really neat um, play, you know, that yeah. would go, once again, would go unnoticed um, by fans, I'm sure. But it was it was really neat to see his development. There are a lot of those plays, aren't there? Those dominoes falling plays that just the naked yeah. eye, there's no way you'd recognize it unless you knew what the responsibility of the player was. Yeah, I'm not so sure that that the tackle is is really, you know, well, I know for a fact that the play a lot of times isn't the tackle. The play is a guy stepping in a gap. The play is a guy taking on two. The play is... Um, Guys with you know creating their having the right footwork and and setting a guy free you know inside leverage on a kickoff cover so the play has to spill outside to the sideline and mm. it's just an easy push out you know for a tackle so we we try to it doesn't always happen but we try to celebrate the plays more than just the end results you know yeah or when an offensive line is preoccupied with Drake Nevis and it That's what I'm saying. He takes opens a, up holes for others. He, he takes those inside guys take on double teams all day long. Yeah. yeah. Miguel, you're on the coach's show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Miguel. Yes, good evening, Coach and Bob. Uh, coach O'Shea, uh, with uh, a bye uh, just having been completed, I'm curious, did you have more opportunity, if you ever do such a thing, uh, with the time off, quote off quote to as the head coach and the the man of the moment who has the burden and the the uh the opportunity to make the, a big call in a game of whether it's a timeout or to choose between uh, different types of kicks or a third down gamble do you take advantage of a bye week to visualize i'm not suggesting yoga and meditation but do you do you run through scenarios in your head uh, or is that happening all year or not at all, where you try to anticipate certain situations early, middle, late in the game, and then you're more likely, as a result, to make the right call or the writer call, since one really know. Uh, yeah, that goes on all year. Um, I think with a bye week, it does uh, give you a little more time. Um, I paid particular attention to the last three minutes uh, sometimes you have to push it back to the last five minutes to watch an entire drive, but uh, watch the last three minutes of a, a bunch of football games. Um, you know, uh, during the bye week, but that's something I, I pretty well watch every CFL game every week, uh, whether it's you know on on the broadcast or the next day. Our film guy has it up and ready, and you can watch it a little. Uh, more efficiently with our system, you know, but 
um, end of half, end of game situations are extremely important. And we, you know, not only do I watch them, but we talk about them as a staff too, especially when something interesting comes up that we haven't dealt with. Okay, Miguel. Okay, okay cool. Uh, one quick supplemental. Do you have anyone in particular that you draw from ex- uh, some input from in a key moment late in a game like that? Uh, if, if it depends maybe on whether it's offense or defensive scenario, or is there really no time for, for any collaboration on a decision? Well, if we're if we're ahead of the game, we're talking about the situation that might be coming up. You know, the the trick is is to be uh, a try to be a play ahead. You know, um, but yeah, there's all to me. There's always time to to get on the headset and uh, you know holler at whatever coach I think will have the information I need. All right, excellent. Thank you, yep. Coach, for uh, for the uh, great answers. Yeah, and uh, kick some butt dans la belle Provence, would you? Uh, thanks, Miguel. <laughs> All right, Miguel, thanks for the call. One more before we break. Calvin, you're on uh, the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Hey, Mike, it's Calvin again. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. Uh, with Scrabbler, with that last game there where you ran and he ran over people, like literally ran over them. And then he had that headbutt at the end. Uh, I think it was about the five-yard line, the four-yard line, or whatever. Are you going to limit him uh, from his running now that... Sorry. Now that uh, uh, Andrew Harris is around. Yeah, that question's been asked before, and I just really believe strongly in that in the fact that Chris Treveller's style of play, the way he plays the game, is the way he knows how to play the game. And and well, he's I'm, just I'm not gonna Yeah, I'm not gonna try and change phenomenal. <laughs> you right. know, I don't know that I can improve on phenomenal like as the words that you said. So um that that kind of style is is that's his game and you know, yeah. I think far be it for me to change that or try to change that. Calvin, we'll leave that there. We'll take our final break. You okay to talk a little bit about Bob Cameron when I am. we come back? He is going into the Ring of Honor on September 27th, and so he should. We'll talk about that in the upcoming game with Montreal when we come back with a Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coach's Show on 680 CJOB. Show again brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life. And a reminder again, the Bombers in Montreal on Saturday will be on the air with our pregame show at one, the play by play at three. And that's part of a sports doubleheader on CJOB on Saturday because after the Bomber postgame show, we'll have the Winnipeg Ice of the Western Hockey League playing their home opener at Wayne Fleming Arena against the Brandon Wheat Kings, Brand Hilton, and our own Kelly Moore. We'll have that broadcast, all that coming up on Saturday. So, Mike O'Shea, Bob Cameron is the 12th. Player, um, I shouldn't say player because Bud Grant is there too, and uh, um, he's the 12th individual to be named to the Blue Bomber Ring of Honor. He'll be honored on September the 27th. That's the Hamilton game. Uh, you go back with Bob. You played against Bob. You know, didn't Bob. everybody play yeah. against Bob? <laughs> <laughs> well said. He played 394 games. I know. Unbelievable. What do you remember about Bob Cameron? Oh, um, I'll tell a story. It's, I don't know if this is bad for me or not, but 
I was a young player here in Winnipeg, and I don't remember all the circumstances, but it was before the game. And, uh, yeah, we're in town. I'm playing for Hamilton. It's before the game. And we're at, uh, like, a restaurant with a patio near the old stadium. Mm -hmm. And I think Bob happened to be there, and guys started talking, and Bob came over, and I was just in awe that that was Bob Cameron. You were starstruck. I was, and uh, I think I asked him for his player's card. <laughs> <laughs> really? Did he give it to you? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, whether he had one on him or not, I, I have a Bob Cameron card back from that <laughs> time frame. Oh, that's a great that, story. That I knew I got. So, yeah, just his excellence, eh? It's, it's incredible, and he's so smart, so knowledgeable about the game, and such a good man. Um He's, I, I always enjoy seeing him, you know. We, uh, one of the things that uh, he played for 23 years, and he, he loves, to t- loves to, he tells that story about being cut 10 or 11 times before he finally held on to his job with the Bombers. But imagine playing, and I, people say, well, he's a punter. Yeah, he played 23 years. He played until he was 48 years old. That's a, a credit unto itself, isn't it? Yeah, he possessed... Uh, a, a great skill level. I mean, he was a terrific athlete. He was a heck Crichton award winner. He's yeah. the top uh, CIS, top CIU player in Canada. Quarterback. Yeah. Um, but the ability of him to punt into that wind was so valuable. He could do it like no other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for him to, it's to me, it's a, to have that kind of, possess that kind of skill, it's, a, it's no wonder he kept this job so long. But um, I'm sure he kept in shape you know, re-roofing all his houses. Or Drywalling, <laughs> yeah, doing all sorts of work. Okay, well, congrats to Bob. He's, uh, I mean, he's a bomber icon. There's no question about it. And he'll be honored on the 27th of September, the home game against Hamilton. And his name will go up on the Ring of Honor. Okay, we've got a minute left. You play in Montreal. I don't know if there's a better story in the CFL this year than Montreal sort of rising from the ashes. And, boy, uh, I've watched all their games, Mike. they got a pretty good-looking club, don't they? Oh, they do. Their their tailback standback is is it looks like he's you know I'm not exactly sure he has but it looks like he's dropped a bit of weight so he's he's got more top end speed this year and maybe a little more quickness and he's been he's been terrific I liked him last year I thought he was really good last year but this year I think he's even better uh, Vernon Adams uh, you know he he wins games and for as athletic as he is you know he moves around to throw the ball so he's he really wants to be a passer, not just a guy who's running. Although he can move the sticks with his with his feet for sure. And you think about where they started and how Kari Jones got put into place and what he's been able to do with that group. He's got them believing in what they're doing, which is really the the number one thing you have to do. So they 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 really do pose a tough challenge for us. Bombers in Montreal, Saturday. We'll be back next Monday with another edition of The Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB.